Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone. This is Raise Your Voice as part of the D-Raise Bay Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brett Rutherford, and I'm riding solo on tonight's episode to go over this week in Rays news. So I'm just going to jump right into it. No no guests to introduce this week. Uh, Tyler Glass now has signed an extension with the Tampa Bay Rays to keep him in a Rays uniform or I guess we'll talk about this a little bit more in depth but through 2024, as the contract states. Tyler Glass now has been rehabbing from Tommy John surgery uh, throughout this season. He's actually uh, just been sent to AAA Durham for a rehab assignment, uh, a sign that we could see him back in a big league uniform, back on a big league mound sooner rather than later. Um, I, I know it. it you know, he's always kind of gone through this season with the mindset that he would pitch again for the Rays in 2022, uh, whether that be in September or October. Um, that was kind of the, the timetable he was aiming for. And I was always a, a bit skeptical of that. I knew it was a possibility, but there were a lot of hurdles to kind of jump through to get there. And he's a guy who is, you know, in his late 20s, approaching age 30. And before this extension was getting ready to hit free agency after the 2023 season, you know, I was thinking in his best interest, in his representation's best interest, sit this year out, pitch a healthy 2023, and then hit free agency for the first time. And at around age 30, that's going to be, you know, unless he signed a short-term deal, probably his only shot at a, at a really massive contract where you'd see an average annual value uh, somewhere north of $25 million Um, for a guy who I know he's had his injury problems. Now he's had the Tommy John surgery. Maybe that'll kind of set him on on the right track. But when he's been healthy, he's been a top, definitely a top 10 pitcher, probably a top five pitcher in all of baseball. Right, I think this is a guy that, if he were fully healthy, and I know he hasn't been, would be up in the same stratosphere as the Degroms and the Scherzers, and you know this season the Justin Verlanders. He'd be up there in that in that first tier of starting pitchers, and he was when he was healthy. You look at what he did at the beginning of 2021. Uh, before he he got hurt, they tried to wait it out, tried to avoid surgery when it was clear that that wasn't going to be possible and went under the knife. And, you know, now he's trying to get back this season. If he were to come back, I can't imagine it'd be anything more than a two or three inning role for him. But, hey, the Rays would take that, right? I mean, you've already got another Cy Young candidate in Shane McClanahan, uh, you know, a true ace, right, who we saw really take off last year and this year has put everything together. Um, in, in, in incredible fashion, but you look at the rest of the starting rotation. Drew Rasmussen, right? I mean, his he's got a sub three ERA. 
he's you know gone over i think his career innings total and has been an incredible starting pitcher and he seems to be getting better right it seemed like maybe he was a bit lucky in the early part of the year uh, but now is striking out more batters and his, 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 his numbers are just really improving to round out the rotation you've got your jeffrey springs your Corey klubers you had Ryan Yarbrough for a little bit. He was just optioned. Um, you know, you've you've seen Luis Patino. He's back in AAA. Um, a number of other guys. But you look at what you need out of a postseason rotation, and I think you go in with McClanahan, Rasmussen, Springs, and Kluber. Uh, I know Boz is injured, and you know technically he could come back this year. I'm a little more skeptical of that. I think they're going to wait it out with Boz. But you throw in a glass now where maybe you pair him with a Jeffrey Springs or a Cordy Kluber, and that is incredibly dangerous in the postseason. That is something that no team wants to come up against. I remember, I always go back to this example. Game 5, 2020 ALDS, playing the Yankees, Glass now on short rest, gets the start. He goes two innings, and they were absolutely lights out. If you could use him like that once, maybe twice a playoff series, that is a dangerous weapon. Maybe you use him late in games if that's something he's comfortable doing. And based on his personality, I think it would be. He's not a guy. He's not too full of himself just from kind of what I you know see and hear from him. I don't know the guy. Um, but he seems like the type that's going to be so eager to get back on the mound like he has been all season and use him in, in, in a different role than maybe what he's used to. I mean, he did pitch out of the bullpen in Pittsburgh. Um, and he struggled there, and I'm, I'm so glad that, that he was freed from the Pittsburgh Pirates, right, in the Chris Archer trade. I mean, you've seen so many pitchers, great pitchers go off in, 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 in that, that struggled in Pittsburgh. Charlie Morton, Garrett Cole. Now, Garrett Cole didn't necessarily struggle in Pittsburgh, just wasn't the Garrett Cole that we've we've come to know. And his, you know, the former, you know, was he number one overall? I, I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but he was a very high draft pick. Um, but Glass now, I think, could be used in a number of different ways. I don't think you're going to go out there. You know, maybe he does get stretched out to five innings. I, I don't know. I, I, I really don't. And there's still a chance. Let me let me say, there's still a chance that we don't see him until 2023. And you know what? I'm I, I'm okay with that. Like I said, still very comfortable with what the Rays have as is. They are still a playoff team as is. They are still a team that, can can win a World Series as is, right? I, I think without Glass now and without Boz, this pitching staff is still an elite pitching staff. Now, you were to add a Glass now, maybe Boz is healthy. I, again, I'm not counting on him. But you add a Glass now, that just adds, you know, a little something extra. Maybe, maybe that is what it takes to get over the hump this year, to win a World Series, to get back to the World Series, right? After last year's disappointing ALDS. But I think as is with McClanahan, Rasmussen, and company, the Rays are fine. So if Glass now doesn't pitch in the postseason, right, you're you're looking at 2023. He'll be back healthy for a full season, and it's not a contract year anymore for him. He'd have that 2024 at 25 million dollar salary, which would be if it's paid out by the Rays, the highest single year salary in franchise history. Morton, I believe, still has the highest when he made $15 million a year 
Um, the Rays have tried. You know, they tried to sign Freddie Freeman to a to a secure contract that would have smashed any of those uh, salary records by a lot. Um, but but this Glassnow salary would definitely do that. Now, there's a very good chance Tyler Glassnow doesn't pitch for the Rays in 2024. I know he says this is where he wants to be. It's why he signed the extension. I know once the Rays, you know, they realize that he's been progressing really well from Tommy John, that all his stuff is still there. They were comfortable signing him to an extension. I thought this is something that might have happened last offseason, and when it didn't, I kind of thought he was going to be traded. We know he was mentioned in some serious trade talks back last uh, trade deadline in a deal that would have sent uh, Chris Bryant and Craig Kimbrell to the Rays in exchange for Glassnow and Kevin Kiermeyer. And I, I think the way this ends is, is, is Tyler Glassnow probably is traded after next season with a year of control left to a team that is either A, willing to extend him to a, a six-plus year deal to eat up a good chunk of his, his 30s and, and, and extend him at, you know closer to market value, which I don't know. I mean, I'm just looking at some of these other deals. If Tyler Glassnow shows that he is healthy, I mean, you know, are we looking at something like six years, $180 million? Does he get anywhere close to 200? Does he exceed 200? I don't know. It also kind of depends on on what the market looks like then. Um, so either a team trades for him with one year uh, left on that contract, the 2024 season, and extends him beyond that, or a team trades for him as a rental, they try to extend him, and he walks and hits free agency, I believe, going what would be going into his age 31 season. Very much a possibility, or the Rays hold on to him, right? Maybe they hold on to him and trade him at the deadline in 2024. Maybe, just maybe, we've seen the Rays. I don't know if they'd have the, they'd be able, willing to offer the years to a pitcher like Glass now, but they will pay guys who they think are worthy of it. They tried to sign... Uh, Freddie Freeman, right? They 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 they've signed Wander Franco to a massive extension. If you are worth it, the Rays will pay you. If you if if you you know they have a strict valuation, right? They'll have a number that they think Tyler Glass now is worth in terms of his on field production. I I don't want to you know spend here sit here for an hour and talk about players like they're just assets, but. His, his on-field production and his presence in the clubhouse, the Rays will have a valuation for what that's worth to their baseball team. And they'll make that offer. I'm sure maybe that, that, that was discussed. Maybe a longer-term extension was discussed, but I think Glass now is going to want to get to the point where he gets the massive extension that meets market value, either in Tampa Bay or somewhere else, if you were to be traded. Or he does get a chance to hit the free agent market. You know, his timeline's been delayed a little bit. And you know, that's a normal age for most guys to hit free agency. And for hitters, you know, it kind of sucks because you do miss some of those prime years. But you look at guys like Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. Hey, Rich Hill. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Who shut down the Rays this weekend. I mean, pitchers, you know, health. If, if they're healthy, they can pitch for a long time. So Tyler Glass now going, you know, if he hits free agency at 31, 32 years old, 
he could still have some of his best years ahead of him, right? We, we're seeing, like, look at what Justin Verlander's doing now, coming off of Tommy John surgery. I mean, who knows what the market will look like the day that Tyler Glass now does hit free agency. Uh, but I don't think this contract, I think this contract extension is a good thing, right? They're going to pay him the $5.4 million, I think it is, next year. Same salary, which is kind of par for the course. If you have Tommy John surgery, um, you don't really go up. He didn't perform on the field, and this this would be his last arbitration year. Um, so, if it's it's a great contract, I think for the Rays because now maybe there's less pressure to trade him in 2023. You've sat on him this year. You let him rehab. You want to kind of reap the rewards of that, right? When he comes back healthy, you don't want to see him pitching for another team. And if you can go into 2023 with a rotation. That includes Tyler Glass now, Shane McClanahan, Drew Rasmussen, Shane Boz, Jeffrey Springs, Taj Bradley, Luis Patino, maybe another name on the free agent or trade market. That is an incredibly dangerous rotation and one that, I mean, I just, I think immediately, other than maybe the Dodgers would be the best in all of baseball. Glass now, when he was healthy last year, and again, you had to stay healthy, was the best pitcher in the American League. For the first half of the season, Shane McClanahan was the best pitcher in the American League. We know they both have... Shane McClanahan has the best stuff for a left-handed starter in baseball. And Tyler Glass now might have the best stuff of any right-handed pitcher, starting pitcher in baseball. To put them one, two in your rotation is, and I know they did it for a little bit last year, but now we've seen McClanahan take that next step um, to have them one, two, and then to have a guy, hey, we got another sub three ERA guy, Drew Rasmussen, slot him in as your number three starter. Oh, Shane Boz, top, one of the top pitching prospects in baseball. Yeah, throw him in the rotation too. Luis Patino, the headliner from the, the when you traded your last Cy Young winner away. He's still young. He's like 23. Two twenty-three. Luis Patino. I know it feels like he's been around a while now, uh, and you, you, maybe it's been it's been a little bit frustrating watching his development. But he's still so young. Like the Rays got him when he was twenty-one. Um, he's back in AAA. He looked really good in his spot start he got with the big league team before being sent down again. Um, but yeah, I, I I think this is a great. It's great for the Rays. It's great for Tyler Glass now. Because you can come back, you can focus on baseball. You know that you're guaranteed in 2024, which would have been your first year of free agency, your first season after hitting free agency, you're guaranteed $25 million. If things go poorly next year, and for some reason, whatever, he he lost the magic that was there before Tommy John, $25 million guaranteed. And the you know th- over thirty million dollars over the total length of the deal. It's not a long extension, but that is huge. I think for a pitcher and his peace of mind, and he can focus on pitching. And if things go right, and the Rays either keep him for twenty twenty four or send him off somewhere else, he's going to get paid. I think it, it it's great for the Rays. It's great for Glass now. And I'm I'm really glad it happened because the fact that it didn't ha- I thought I thought this past off season we would either see an extension or a trade, 
And the fact that we never got that extension thought we'd get a trade either this year at the deadline or this winter. And I'm glad that didn't happen. I definitely won't be traded this winter now with this extension. I, I guess I should never say never, uh, but that would that 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 seems high, you know highly unlikely now. It would take a miracle offer, I think, for the Rays to even entertain it. Uh, and so we'll get to see Tyler Glass now pitch maybe this year, definitely next year, in a Rays uniform, and that, that's that's just that's really exciting. Um, we're gonna take a quick break and on the other side talk about how the Rays have performed this week against the Angels and the Red Sox and what they're looking ahead to next week as they are still in a pretty tightly contested wildcard battle. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back on Raise Your Voice talking about the Rays' performance this week against the Angels and the Red Sox. So they sweep sweep the Angels over a four-game series, and they drop two out of three in Boston against the Red Sox. Uh, I'd probably be a little bit more sour about those results if it weren't for the four-game sweep of the Angels that was coming off the back of uh, taking the last two games of a four-game set against the Royals. So the Rays put together a six-game winning streak. It was their longest winning streak of the season. Uh, then they drop a couple of games, lose 9-8 to eight in Boston, and then 5-1. to one. And The 9-8 to eight one, probably a little bit more disappointing. The 5-1 to one, uh, the five to one game was pretty disappointing as well. It sounds like Jeffrey Springs was, was tipping his pitches early on. And Rich Hill, who has, has kind of been, you know, in a weird place in Rays history, right? Signed there age 41 last year, signed with the Rays, and then uh, was traded uh, kind of out of nowhere in the middle of the season. And there were rumors that that just maybe uh, wasn't quite a great fit for what the Rays were trying to do. Uh, And so he was shipped off to the Mets in exchange for Tommy Hunter, who never pitched a game for the Rays. Well, in this, he's been with the Rays before, but didn't pitch at all for the Rays last year. And uh, another prospect. I, I don't think that was the Austin Shenton trade, but I could be wrong. Uh, but anyways, he's gone on to Boston, uh, and he's put together a a solid season. And, uh, you know, ultimately comes up against the Rays and has his best start of the year. Um, I am looking at, I don't think it was the Austin Shenton trade. No, that was the Diego Castillo. I was about to say, I don't think we got that good of a prospect for Rich Hill. I'm looking up the Rich Hill trade now. Yeah, it was Matthew Dyer. <laughs> okay. Definitely not. Uh, definitely not Austin Shenton. And Matthew Dyer has not had like, he's, he's he's been in the lower minor leagues for the Rays. Rich Hill, however, going back to him, he has been, uh, you know, pretty Pretty solid for a 42-year-old pitcher. Um, looking at his numbers now, he's got a 4.32 ERA over 19 starts. It is like the worst ERA that he's had in a long, long time. He's been an effective pitcher for for a while now, uh, but 19 starts, he stayed healthy. He's getting close to 100 innings pitched. 
Uh, and then he comes out against the race and he just absolutely shoves. He finishes with 11 strikeouts. He just kept the Rays bats off balance all night. Springs gave up the five runs, did have eight strikeouts and only one walk. Like outside of that first inning where he gave up four runs, he looks like he's looked all season. Um, but ultimately the Rays bats just never uh, got back into it. Jerry Sumilia came in, gave up the one run, the only run of the day for the Rays. And then John Schreiber closed it out and got the save. So frustrating loss, but the Rays did bounce back in a big way on Sunday, um, putting up 12 runs against the uh, Boston Red Sox. And I know you look at these wins this week and you've got the Red Sox who are sitting in the cellar of the AL East. They're, they're probably not an, a last place team in, in any other division in baseball. I mean, they have the best, the most wins out of any last place team. Um, they'd be better than probably two or three teams in the NL West, in the AL West, Central. Um, so they're, they're a last place team, but just because of the division they play in, but still not a great team, Boston. Uh, and then uh, the Angels, who have just kind of inconceivably gotten even worse this year, right? 55 and 73. I know Trout has dealt with some injuries. There was a managerial change. Phil Nevin is the interim manager there now. It's just gotten worse, right? Otani, um, if not for Aaron Judge, would, would probably win a second straight American League MVP. Um, but they, they take four of four from them. And I know Otani and Trout each had a couple off days dealing with injuries and whatnot. Trout was just coming off the IL, um, but still four very impressive wins um, at home. Continued the winning streak. And then the Boston series, yeah, you know, it's frustrating. You, you, you want to take that series against a struggling Red Sox team. But hey, a lot of talent. And ultimately, you, you salvaged that win on Sunday. It was a two-home run day for Isak Paredes. And he, he just continues. And every time he pulls the ball, it seems to to fly over the left field wall, no matter if it's the green monster like it was this weekend. Um, and, and and you got another good start from Corey Kluber. Again, he was able to eat up six innings, four strikeouts, no walk. He doesn't walk anybody. Uh, you got you gave up some earned runs, got hit around a little bit, but ultimately you know, ne- never imploded. Uh, and then you bring in Colin Pochet, who again struggles. It hasn't necessarily been the best of seasons for him. You go to JT Chagua, and then ultimately you have a big enough lead where you, you give the ball back to Christian Bethencourt, who is like throwing, he's got like a slider that he's throwing 95 miles per hour. He, he pitched twice this week. He pitched once against the Angels and then got to come in for the Red Sox. He was a pitcher. It's not like he's just doing this out of nowhere. Like he did used to pitch and he converted to be a catcher. Um, he, that is also kind of explains how good of an arm he's got, right? He, he threw out a batter, I believe it was Sunday. It was today's game, Sunday's game, uh, and just looked absolutely incredible while doing it. And uh, yeah, he can hit a little bit too. He went one for four, one for five on Sunday. Um, you obviously had David Peralta, three for three, two runs scored, two runs batted in, drew a couple of walks, had a, had a really great day at the plate. Isak Paredes had the pair of home runs. He also uh, drew three walks. So Isak Paredes, two home runs. Three walks, uh, just, a, just an absolutely great day at the plate. Um, and, 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 and yeah, I just feel really good about the win. Uh, Jose Siri is kind of heating up a little bit at the plate. I believe I want to look at his numbers now. Uh, he's up to a 198 batting average and a 253 on base. So still a 65 WRC plus, uh, but he has hit better with the Rays than he had been with Houston getting on base at higher clip hitting for a little more power we've seen the legs he's already got four stolen bases 
Um, and uh, really happy, obviously, with, with, with his defense. Um, so so the, the Rays, I, I think what we've seen, and I know they got really hot there for a little bit. They won 10 of 12. Uh, but what we're seeing now, you look at a week like this past week, I, th- I think this is the Rays team that we were expecting, right? And, and, and with a couple of, of uh, players, unexpected heroes, you talk about the... The Isak Paredes, who was a highly regarded prospect, the Rays did trade a very big piece, Austin Meadows, to bring him in. If you look at Harold Ramirez, who is just just continues to impress, right? 325 batting average, 367 on base. That's good for a 137 WRC+. plus. He's got 1.6 wins above replacement. He's not striking out a ton, only a 14.5% strikeout rate. Uh, and just, we always said, we, we said all offseason, the Rays need to get a right-handed bat. They need to get a right-handed bat. They go out and they get Paredes and Ramirez to change the lineup. Get Manuel Margot back in the lineup. He's having the best offensive season of his career, and it's just really unfortunate that we didn't get to see that for a full season. But he's been extended this year too, so we'll get a couple more years of Manuel Margot. And we're doing all of this, and we're still waiting on the return of Wander Franco, who did have a setback in his rehab assignment. It sounds like the handmade bone was still just a little sore. It's a tough injury to come back from. He, he, there's, a, there's a chance he'll he'll continue to, you know, even after he gets back from his rehab assignment, we'll need some time to, to find his swing again, find his power again. I expect a lot of days where he'll be the designated hitter, especially with how good Taylor Walls has become in the field and at the plate. I know um, fan graphs, uh, however they cal- calculate defensive war, it hates him. Um, but if you look at his numbers on, on baseball reference and, some of the metrics that they use, I believe they use defensive runs saved. And defensive runs saves loves walls, where I believe Fangraphs uses outs above average, uh, which doesn't love him as much. But if you watch Taylor Walls, and you, you know, I don't say the words I test too often, uh, but if you're talking about a, a, a defensive player and a shortstop, I think you can use the eye test. You can watch Taylor Walls play shortstop, the, the range he has. Um, the arm has gotten a lot better. He's gotten a lot more comfortable. He's felt like he's belonged. And on top of that, the bat, which was the the biggest worry, even when he was struggling a little bit in the field or wasn't meeting those expectations, you know, it was it was harder to defend him when when the bat was was atrocious. I mean, some of the worst numbers in all of baseball for guys that were playing every day. And now he was forced to play every day with some of the injuries to Brandon Lau and Wander Franco. Um, but now uh, he he has gotten. Um, I, I think he's 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 getting closer to stabilizing at the plate. He's drawing a ton of walks. Um, he's got a double-digit walk rate. And if you look at what he's done in the month of August, he's batting 197, um, which, again, isn't great. But he's got a 97 WRC+. plus. He's drawing a ton of walks. He's getting some extra bases. And he's been, in the month of August, a league average hitter. He's a 15% walk rate. 316 on base. And if you can be anywhere close to a league average hitter and have his defense, you're an everyday big leaguer. And I, 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 it'll never happen. I would love to see Taylor Walls stick at shortstop even after Wander Franco returns. I think Franco is a great shortstop. Um, he's already had some leg injuries this year. I'd kind of like to see him at third base. He's going to have a lot of DH days. Um, but you also need to find a way for Yandy Diaz to stay in the lineup. He doesn't really love playing first base. He's he, he's pretty good at third. Wander is probably not going to play at second. You've also got Brandon Lau there. It's going to take away Taylor Wall's playing time. 
Um, but Taylor Walls is getting to the point where I, I want him in the lineup every day. When when Franco returns, that won't happen. But there there will be plenty of opportunities. And when Franco does come back, because out of the position players that are currently on the injured list, he's really the last one uh, we're waiting for. You know, we know Zanino's done for the year, and we know Kiermaier's done for the year. The only other position player on the IL is Roman Quinn. I don't think there'll be a place for him when he is ready to come back. Um, I, I'm not even 100% sold on the validity of his injury. It's a way to keep him on the, the, the big league roster, right? Not the active roster, but just to keep him in your organization because he is out of options. He would have to pass through waivers. Um, he, this is just a more complete lineup right now, though. And when you add Franco, that that really does complete it. Um, adding Peralta at the deadline, bringing Manuel Margot back, seeing Christian Bethencourt really kind of round into form. Jose Siri, who I think is an upgrade over Brett Phillips, who was playing pretty much every day, almost every day when Margot and Kiermaier were out. So to have Jose Siri, it just extends the lineup. You've got a lot of really good athletes, Siri and Margot, that can steal bases, uh, that can that can go first to third, first to home. Uh, this is like a one to nine, a, a really solid lineup, and we're seeing it turn around. We're seeing the run production finally come through. Uh, for a while, the Rays offense had a really good start to the season, and it tapered off, and it tapered off a lot with the injuries when you lose a guy like Brandon Lau. And Brandon Lau has been struggling. He's missed this the past few games due to injury. He was hit by a pitch in the elbow. But even before then, really struggling to get back into it. He had a hot start when he first came off the IL, then struggling. The other guy who's struggling is G-Mon Choi, who was the everyday first baseman for a bit, uh, but really in the second half just has has not been good. Don't know if he's dealing with an injury. You know, you think if he was dealing with an injury, they would just bring up Jonathan Aranda. Uh, Jonathan Aranda, who continues to just absolutely mash in AAA Durham and can probably play some first base. I know they were working him out there, but you can just play Ramirez or someone else there and, and, and DH Aranda and take up that spot in the lineup. They they haven't done that yet. So maybe it's not an injury with Troy. Maybe it's something else. I mean, maybe he's just he's going through a slump. Who knows? But it hasn't looked right. And uh, I I hope everything's okay. And I hope they're not trying to have him play through something. Because like I said, a lot of fans have already been clamoring for Aranda to come up anyways. um, And and when he has come up, he's played sparingly and then sat right back down. I think he's had two trips up to the big leagues now to this point. You could call him up to have another. Um, Because because yeah, I think the guy can hit. I think he can probably hit the big leagues. He, He picked up a few hits when he was up here. I know he, you know, the defense, it's not great or not really even any good, but you could play him at first base. You could DH him. You could do other things to get his bat in the lineup. But maybe Troy, it's just something he needs to work through because we don't want him to hit like this when the postseason rolls around. Um, but yeah, overall, just watching these games, the, the lineup feels so much more stretched and it just feels like the team is in a really good place right now. And when you do get Wander Franco, maybe in as early as, you know, week two, I think two weeks is probably the timetable we're looking at here, then this is a really dangerous team. It's not going to be enough to come back and win the division. I know for a while we, we flirted with the idea they got to seven games within seven games against the Yankees, but it, the division's without out of reach. The goal right now is to finish in that first wild card spot because it's the only wild card spot where you get two or you get a guaranteed home field for a, for a best of three series. And all three of those games, would be at your home ballpark. Um, if you finish second, you you go to the uh, number one 
wild card for a three game series there. If you finish third, you'll 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 play the NL or the AL Central winner almost certainly, which might be the best draw in terms of like what team you actually get to play. But you want those home playoff games. I think that's important. The fact that you get all three, you won't have to travel, um, is actually going to make a, a pretty you know big difference as as much of a difference as home field can make in a playoff series. And we're back on Raise Your Voice, uh, a topic that has, I guess, come up recently. The new schedule is out. And with that, we knew there was going to be a new format to the schedule. It, it for, for as long as I can remember, and maybe I just can't remember that far back, the schedule would go, you'd have six series against each of your interdivision uh, opponents, right? You'd have three at home against the Red Sox, three away against the Red Sox, and, you know, you'd do the same thing for uh, all the other teams, and you'd play either 18 or, or 19 games. I think some years you, you had to play uh, a team 19 times. So it wasn't perfect, but it was, it was pretty close. Uh, then you played every team in the American League, either six or seven games. Like I said, you needed to make it even, fill out 162 uh, and you do one series at home and one series away against every team in your league. And then you had a geographic rival. And this is, uh, th- I guess this is, the, the interleague stuff is the newest stuff because when, when the Astros went over to the American League and you had 15 and 15, where you always have to have an interleague, at least one interleague series because there's odd numbers of teams in each league, uh, you would, you'd have your one geographic rival for the Rays, that is the Marlins. You'd play them for a guaranteed four games, two at home, two away. Uh, and then you'd play one whole division um, in the National League. So years where it's the NL East, the Rays would play the Marlins again, uh, and you'd play the other teams, and you'd have one other, I think, four-game split where you'd do two home, two away with a National League opponent. Right? That still exists. Uh, and, and, and I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe I just... Uh, I just really like that schedule format to me. You know, I'm not even a fan. Like if I could eliminate interleague baseball, I would. Uh, but it is now being increased. It's being more than doubled. So you used to play 76 division games, and now you just play 52. You used to play uh, 66 intra-league games, which are other American League teams outside of your division, now you play just 64, so it's just a short decrease. And you used to play 20 interleague games, including this year. Now you play 46. It, it's been announced that you will play every team in Major League Baseball every season, uh, sort of like it is in the National Hockey League and the National Basketball Association. And so I just wanted to raise my voice a little bit today about how much I, I dislike this. And it, 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 it might be an unpopular opinion. I don't know. Uh, I think some people are going to enjoy this. You're going to get to see Rays Dodgers every year, Yankees Dodgers, Astros Dodgers. Uh, you're going to get to see, uh, you know, Astros Padres and Dodgers and Red Sox. Like all the you know, Mookie Betts is going to go, you know, play the Red Sox every year. It's going to alternate what years it's at home and what years it's away. Rays Cubs, uh, Rays Padres, Rays Rockies. Like all these series that you, you usually have to wait, you know, three years for. Uh, and play at certain ballparks, sometimes six or more years. And I know that's gotten even a little bit weirder uh, with the the 2020 season being what it was. 
and it just it doesn't feel doesn't feel right like it just feels like going from 76 division games down to 52 you're going to get a lot less familiar with those divisional opponents and for me that's where the big rivalries are in baseball you know in basketball you get big rivalries there there are divisions in the nba but they don't really matter yeah you play a team a couple more times but rivalries aren't really born from that quite like they are in baseball um, and I kind of like how cyclical it is. Like you, you get great rivalries, like some years, you know, in 2020 and the years cup, you know, leading up to that Rays Yankees was like this huge rivalry and the teams didn't like each other going back to Rays Red Sox. And you've always had Yankees Red Sox, oh, but it is a bit cyclical um, when you play a team six different times throughout the year, six different series throughout the year and they're closely contested ball games where stuff happens, you're going to, you know, those rivalries aren't, they're going to feel organic, right? They're not going to feel manufactured. And you're just going to be playing those teams a lot less now. You'll still see them more than any other teams. Um, but now you're going to get to see a lot more interleague play. Um, I liked for a while. I'm glad that the rules are now the same in both leagues. There's no DH in the National League. I thought that was a change that needed to happen. Uh, but I've always liked about baseball how these aren't conferences, right? These aren't divisions. Like there are two separate leagues right you've got the american league and you've got the national league and at the end of the season the champions of both are going to play in a world series i i, I always liked that about baseball um and, and now it just feels uh like everybody's in the same league everyone's in major league baseball which is fine like i'm sure some people will love that right i'm sure some people want to see this more uniform schedule and you know, this probably will uh you know change the way the season plays out like you look at the year this year, the, the AL Central, it's like, yeah, whoever wins the AL Central has just been taking games from the the Royals and whoever's in, whoever else is in that division. Um, the Tigers, of course, only 50 wins this year. Uh, and it just feels like they're going to kind of steal a division title where the Rays are having a very good season and are still seven and a half games behind the Yankees uh, with, with a little over a month to go. So, uh, I, it, it just doesn't feel right. And you guys can tell me in the comments that I'm wrong. You can tell me that, uh, you know what? It's great. We're going to get to see all these matchups that we never got to see or we rarely got to see. And maybe I will enjoy it. Maybe I will come to enjoy it, but it just feels like it's diluting the division structure that we have. And it wouldn't shock me. And I don't know if this is possible until the CBA runs out. It wouldn't shock me to see either a realignment of divisions or doing away with divisions. I don't think we're going to do away with American and National League. I know that's a conversation with like East and West Conference that, that the NBA has had. They've had that discussion where, okay, let's just have one league and we'll send the top, I don't know, 16 teams or now 20 teams, I guess they do, to the postseason. I don't think that'll ever happen, but it wouldn't shock me if we do see a realignment of sorts in the divisions, especially if Rod Rob Manfred you know, if, if he's able to expand Major League Baseball to be 32 teams, maybe you'd go to a system where you have uh, four team divisions like they do in the NFL, where you've got a 32 team league and you've got four divisions in both the AFC and the NFC. You could do a North, South, East and West in Major League Baseball as opposed to an East, Central and a West. I wouldn't love that. Like, I, I love I, it's tough on the Rays. I know that. Like, it's tough competing against the, the Red Sox and the Yankees and now, you know, the Blue Jays. But I, I don't 
I've never been one to like say, oh, the Rays need to get out of the AL East. Well, one, it doesn't work like that. It's not like college football conference realignment where you can just, you know, kind of get out of a conference if you've got enough money to do it. Like, the Rays can't just like petition to join the Central or start in American League South. Like they are kind of stuck there, but I've never been one to like ask for division realignment where the Rays all of a sudden you know, are now in the same division. I mean, I don't even know what an American League South would look like. Maybe if there's a, a Charlotte expansion team, right? You'd have the Rays, you'd have a Charlotte. You could go with one of the Texas teams. I don't know. Let's say the Rangers join the American League South and maybe the Royals. Kansas City's not in the South at all, but maybe that's what makes the most sense. Um, which, which would probably be great for the Rays getting to compete against an expansion team and then the Royals and the Rangers. Uh, that's something I've ever asked for. Like, I like being the American League East. I like when the Rays win the division. You could say they 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 topped the Yankees and the Red Sox and, and Toronto and you know even even Baltimore when they decide to have a good year every now and then. That's something I never want to see change. It's also something that like the Rays have been in the same division since I've been alive. Right, like since the Rays joined the American League East, there have been no changes. Where there have been some changes around baseball, where you saw, you know, the Astros go from a six-team NL Central to join a four-team AL West and kind of even everything out. Um, and, and then I, that I, I just I I don't. Maybe it's just me refusing change. I just I just like the way things are, and I like I I've, I'm actually excited about the postseason expansion. It's something that when it first happened. I was I wasn't mad about it because I knew they were going to expand the postseason. I was actually happy that they didn't expand it to to sixteen or even more or fourteen or sixteen. Like they did twelve, and while I liked the ten team system they had, or and even the eight team system before that, I can very much live with twelve. And I do like how it's played out so far this season, where it feels like more teams are in the race without rewarding any bad teams like you saw in 2020 and i know that that's such a weird year it shouldn't be really used to compare to anything but the astros finished the season a game below 500 and all of a sudden they found themselves on the doorstep of the world series right they they reached they they got to game seven of the alcs and i know it was a one-year thing but i just wouldn't want to see that in baseball where you play so many games and a team that was just mediocre gets into the postseason gets hot and wins a world series like that would feel like cheating the fans, right? That you've had this this long grueling season. We've watched every night, and we've we've seen these these great teams, and all of a sudden, because of the way game of baseball is played, you'd see a, a team sneak in and 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 win, win a World Series. And I know there have been uh, mediocre or just good teams that have won the World Series, like the the Cardinals in two thousand uh, two thousand six when they won, like only won eighty three games. The Atlanta Braves throughout the regular season were not a great team by any means last year, but they were a good enough team to get in, and and they ultimately, you know, put it all together in October. I'm not as mad about that, and, and those things are more like uh, anomalies more than anything. Like that doesn't happen year after year. You, you don't always see the best team win, but you usually see, I think, you know, a worthy team win the World Series almost every year. Uh, and so this, yeah, I, I just think this change in the schedule format. Maybe it's good for for TV, right? Bringing in ratings. You know, you can put, you know, you know the Yankees and Dodgers are going to play every year, and you know it's prob. I haven't looked at the schedule. I haven't seen the Yankee schedule. I guess I look it up, but I bet it's on a weekend when they play this year because I guarantee you that game will be on uh, Sunday Night Baseball, 
I'm looking it up momentarily. Um, and, and, and so maybe I'll like it. You know, maybe I'll be like, you know what? Seeing Rays Cardinals every year or Rays Mets every year, Rays Braves every year. Maybe there's a geographic rivalry to be had there between the Rays and the Braves. Um, so I'm looking at the Yankees schedule now, looking for the Dodgers. Yep, Friday, Saturday, Sunday in the first weekend of June. Sunday night, June 4th, 2023. You can guarantee Yankees at Dodgers is going to be Sunday night baseball. And, and, and so, so these these uh, th- these games, again, I'm, I'm not the fan. I'm not the biggest fan of the schedule, but maybe they're good for the game. Maybe other people will enjoy it. And maybe this is why I'm here to just raise my voice and, 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 and whine into a mic- microphone. Um, but I really like the schedule format the way it was, and I just fear that it's going to be the first change in a long list of changes to where uh, baseball, the way it has been, you know, in terms of format throughout the 21st century, is going to change. And, th- and things always do change, right? There used to not be a postseason. Like, you used to just go straight to the World Series, and then they announced a championship series, and then a division series, and then a, a wild card game. This year, a wild card round. Even if you even if you win a division, there's a chance you play in the wild card round. Like there are always going to be changes. The game is always going to evolve, and we just got to live with it. At the end of the day, like it's still baseball, and I don't think the integrity of the game or the league is being challenged. Well, the integrity of the league, I don't know. Maybe there's there's other things that are putting you know that into question. But overall, I'm just I'm I I really miss you know playing 18 times a year the Yankees Red Sox. I'm going to miss that. You'll still see them quite a bit. And like I said, I, I might like it. I might end up liking it the same way I was not really looking forward to the expanded postseason. So far this year, I think it's added a lot to the way the season has played out. And I think it's going to make for some exciting baseball once October rolls around. So that's it. I just wanted to raise my voice on that, doing a solo episode tonight. So my chance to kind of just talk to you guys about a number of different things. Um, the, the Tyler Glass now extension, though, obviously being, such huge news for both for both Glass now and for the team. He's in Durham right now. I think he threw a bullpen today. I don't know what the timetable is to get him on a mound in a game, and I don't know how long it would take before they even entertain the idea of him pitching in the big leagues. I know I I, I want to say pitchers get like thirty days in their rehab assignment. Um, Nick Anderson went through his, and he's been optioned to AAA. It just seems like he's not the pitcher he once was post-injury, and I, I don't know if he'll ever pitch for the Rays again. Uh, the other one, Brendan McKay, uh, quick news I just want to jump on before I get out of here. Uh, got some UCL damage. Sounds like he might need Tommy John. And in terms of him as a pitching prospect, feels weird to call him a prospect. Like he made his debut uh, three seasons ago. Uh I think those days are, are probably over and I, I, maybe the bat is still there. Um, maybe he can convert to going back to being a, a DH or a first baseman or find another position. Um, but it just feels like his time as a pitcher at the big league level, it's, it's probably gone. Like he struggled to get back. He's dealt with a lot of injuries. He threw one warm up pitch the other night in Durham and did, couldn't even start the game. So it, it just the it's the end of the road for him as a pitcher, especially in in this organization. He got the extra option year this year, but it just it's been unfortunate. I I I I hate to call a guy a bust based on what you know his injuries were. It just feels a little bit unfair, um, but ultimately it just has not been a good run for for Brendan McKay. And maybe he can convert to hitting, and maybe he comes back, but 
This is already a very crowded 40-man roster and a very crowded active roster that's really hard to break into. So we'll see. I have no expectations for him to ever play in the major leagues for the Rays ever again. Anything we get out of him is 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 a plus. But I, I wish him the best. I Hopefully, he, you know, he doesn't have to have surgery. He can work his way back, maybe pivot to being a reliever and catch on with another team or, hey, maybe the Rays. I don't know. We'll see. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of Raise Your Voice. Thank you guys for listening. If you like what we do on the D-Race Bay Podcast Network, make sure to either follow or subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. That way, every new episode, whether it be of Raise Your Voice, Who's on Worst or a D-Race Bay podcast special gets downloaded directly to your device. Uh, if you leave a rating and review, if your platform allows it, that's the best way to spread what we do to more and more race fans. If you leave a five-star rating and a question or something else that you want read out on the show on Apple Podcasts, uh, I will read that out in a future episode. But as always, make sure to head on over to DRaceBay.com to check out all of the great race coverage. Once again, thank you guys for listening. And I'll talk to you next week.